We just need to love everyone where they're at. We, we, we can't judge, uh, we can't question. We just need to love people and leave the judgment to the Lord. Hey, you're listening to the Follower of One podcast. We want our faith to matter full time, whatever we're doing, but especially at work. Here's today's podcast. Hey, everyone with Follower of One, it's Mike Henry. And today in our podcast interview, I'm interviewing my friend, Mark Griffin. Mark, would you introduce yourself and tell people a little bit about yourself? Sure. Hi, Mike. I'm Mark Griffin. I'm a human resources professional. I hail out of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, where I've been blessed to be a resident for about 15 years now. Not not that I've been consistent with where I lived prior to coming to Lancaster, but it is uh, pretty consistent now. Very cool. So yeah, you you and you followed kind of a path through larger corporations to get into the career that you have now and the business that you have now. Would you tell us a little bit about your career sure, path? No problem. I've worked in human resources for over 25 years now. That that's been my career field, my calling, so to speak. I was in the U, United States Air Force. And I studied at night and I was struggling between getting a degree in criminology, a degree in human resources, or a degree in aviation management. So I actually went out and spent a lot of time with different people in those different fields. And what I found to give me most excitement and really to to help me with my strengths was in the area of human resources. At the time, that was in the early 90s when we were changing from a personnel organization or a personnel department to a human resources department, which is a, a really big change that occurred in business in, in the United States back in the early 90s. Yeah. Now, now uh, also, because you're, you're a Christ follower as well, when did you become a Christian? So that uh, that's a, a great story. I uh, was really a nominal Catholic uh, about 15 years ago. And um, I had gone through a traumatic job loss and God put me in a situation where I was humbled. I, I woke up from this job loss in a McMansion, living in a home that I really had no business being in, in a neighborhood that I didn't really have any business being in as well, and uh, really started crying out to God. I mean, I, I, I knew of Jesus and I, I knew of God and uh, went through a, a spiritual journey that led me to Northridge Church in uh, Michigan, Pastor Brad Powell, and um, broken. I, I, I lost my job. I'm worried about being able to support my family. A lot of humiliation uh, because I was on this trajectory. I was working with a Fortune uh, company. And uh, through that church, I heard the message of Jesus Christ and submitting and having Jesus as my Lord and Savior and became smitten by it and yeah. dedicated myself to Jesus uh, at that service. And my wife did as well. And we navigated from Catholicism to being born again Christians, which ultimately led us to Lancaster 15 years ago. Wow. Very cool. And I, and I blew past the fact I wanted to also say Thank you. I didn't. I, I did. I don't think in our first conversation you talked about being in the Air Force. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. That means uh, a lot to me, Mike. The um, so so now, what brought you to Lancaster, and what are you doing these days? 
Okay, so what what brought me to Lancaster is I was working for corporate America. I had this great trajectory. And um, at the same time, I wanted to become accomplished in human resources. So we made a commitment. My wife and I made a commitment to the Lord that wherever you move us, we were living in Michigan, wherever you move us, we're going to plant deep roots and we're going to stay there for a very long period of time. So Interview after interview led me to California, to Iowa, to all over the United States with big corporate companies like Nestle and, and Coca-Cola. And uh, God led us to Lancaster and we plugged into a church called Lives Changed by Christ. And it's a church that's growing rapidly. But I partnered with some people to start a career ministry there for people that have that have lost jobs. So uh, God shaped me through my own job loss and gave me the humility to work with other people to give empathy. So as we launched that ministry, which lasted uh, seven years, in fact, through launching that, I connected with a lot of Christian-owned for-profit businesses. And that's really where I started to learn, okay, how do these organizations build Christianity into the workplace but most importantly, w- without offending people yeah. and loving people where, where they're at. And so I got the opportunity to work with Conestoga Wood Specialties, wonderful company. Uh, they were very supportive uh, when there was a lawsuit against Obamacare and the abortion affecting drugs that was included. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were very much a part of that. And the Pennsylvania Family Institute, uh, the lead attorney was very much a part of that as well. So I got to work with the Han Family and Human Resources. And then I became a VP of human resources for an international company that was also a Christian-owned for-profit business. Oh, cool. But now you are you do organizational development and HR work on your own now. So how yes. did you transition into so, that? So about nine years ago, God put on my heart to take everything that I had learned and take it to the marketplace. And I... I honestly didn't know how to do it. I mean, I I was waking up, I was getting stirred by the Lord that, hey, you need to take HR, high performing HR practices, and then bring them to smaller corporations. And God put on my heart a method called uh, building a kingdom minded organization, which quickly grew into the development of a process and a presentation. And I got in front of a lot of really smart Christian owned uh, business CEOs through a group mm-hmm. called Convene. Mm-hmm. And these guys gave great encouragement with, Mark, this is incredible, this method, this model, but we need somebody to help us do it within our organization. And that led me to come up with, wow, we could probably start a consulting business around this. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and Convene is a great organization too. It's you really meet some great business leaders through that organization, as I have. Almost yes. every place I meet someone who's with Convene in the city, they know a bunch of other uh, cool such quality people. people to work with. Yeah. So the name of your business is 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 in his name HR, correct? Yes, that that's correct. So nine years ago, when we launched, my wife and I were praying about it, and we didn't know really what to name the business. We didn't want it to be Mark Griffin's Consulting or HR Options. There's a million of those. And God put on our heart that, hey, we needed to do HR from a Christian perspective. So why hide it? And I I consulted with some friends and I actually have some friends that work at big corporations like PepsiCo Corporation. 
and bounced it off, even friends that aren't followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, you know what? It, it's a great thing. It's kind of like Dave Ramsey does finance from a Christian perspective. You're doing HR from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we launched it. We wanted to be like the Dave Ramsey of human resources. And honestly, it just it went crazy. Christian radio stations started to hear about us. Um, one station encouraged me to write a book. I wrote the book. The book was published. The book uh, went international. We're selling a lot on Kindle download that's being downloaded in the UK. Uh, and the book has also been translated into Spanish to reach the uh, um, Spanish speaking market. What's the name of the book? And the name of the book is How to Build a Kingdom Minded Organization. Okay. And it's, you know, good news for tumultuous times. And uh, again, the book's been very successful because it walks business leaders. 80% of our revenue as a, as a LLC, as a company, is garnered from, from business owners. Uh, so it really encourages and walks people through how to be faithful as a marketplace leader without offending people. We don't want to offend people, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And so for Christian business owners, we'll have links to the book and the business in the show notes as well. I always point down, but they're not always below here. But oh, they could be up there, over there. <laughs> over there. Exactly. So, we, so we will have them. And um, it's great stuff to check out because as you and I have talked, I think it's you guys provide a service too. To, you kind of fractionally deliver HR services to corporations, correct? You can. But we, we do, Mike. And that's what we, I, we pride ourselves on is we, we partner sometimes with companies that are as small as like 1.5 million in sales. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, we can't afford this. And I have an argument, you can't afford not to hire us. It's very important. One organization is up over 15 million from the time that we started service service with them. So we're very good at put, putting systems in place, annual review processes, uh, making sure they're compliant. There's so many compliance issues with I-9 forms, the way you interview people now with the Me Too environment. So we're very good at helping with compliance, but also saving them money on recruitment. That's that's really critical. And saving money on benefits. Those are two areas for businesses that would have been successful. Well, and you also, you all, you provide some variability. So you're not bound by geographic restrictions Yet you don't cost a mint for travel either, correct? You no, take advantage no. of but Mike, and that's that that's a good point. We were so dialed into remote service before COVID, we our our business didn't decrease, it increased. Yeah. Because we were already situated. Our our consultants already use Zoom and Skype and FaceTime. So it, it hasn't been an issue. Um I have I've traveled a couple times since COVID to clients. We have mm-hmm. a client in South Dakota. Uh, that we visited with. So uh, I still maintain some travel and especially with the new client uh, to do like an HR assessment with them. Yeah. South Dakota is a great place to go to in the summer. It's a beautiful place to go to in the summer. And it's, it's beautiful in the wintertime with beautiful people. The weather just isn't the best. <laughs> <laughs> it snowed there a couple inches the other day. Yeah. I, yeah. I interviewed, I actually interviewed Mark Dieterding for the episode before this yesterday. And they snowed there too, up in Alexandria, Minnesota. So sure, I believe it. So uh, now you said that eighty percent of your business came from Christian business owners. What? Where's the other twenty percent come from? 
Well, that's a, that, that's a great question. And, you know, when we launched, we thought, you know, with my business background, I have an MBA and uh, I have some University of Michigan uh, training. Um, so I have the education and background for the understanding business, but I have a good friend that uh, worked at Lancaster Survival College. He's an executive there. And he said, if we could only get great high performance HR programs into the Christian colleges, we would be that much better. So he introduced me to a group called ADHE, the Association for Biblical Higher Education. They accredit the Bible colleges. Mm-hmm. I flew down to Orlando and I met with the then president, Ralph Enlow and Dave Metters. And we came to an agreement that I would provide content to the Christian colleges and do their conferences. And it's been a blessing ever since. So we've picked up several uh, colleges, Taylor University is a client of ours, Central Christian College in Moberly. We've been to Arizona for uh, an Indian Bible college, which is a blessing. And um, also uh, Faith Baptist in Iowa, we've done work for them. A Lutheran School of Theology, we've helped out. So uh, that's kind of how we got into Christian colleges, which which is amazing to me. I would have never imagined that. Well, and I think that's a cool... A cool feature, correct? Because you're teaching the, you're you're providing information for Christian college students and for their programs at exactly. the schools. Exactly, and that 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 leads into my second book, and the second book is a textbook called "College to Career: The Student's Guide to Life and Career Navigation." That's a that's a freshman experience book that the career development department can use. I've taught it at Lancaster Bible College in the in freshman communication course. And what that book does is it helps a student prepare for their journey through college, how to get internships, how to choose a career. And then I have interview with experts from top companies across the United States, NASA, the Johnson Space Center, uh, Quaker Oats Company, PepsiCo, uh, Hope International, Peter Greer. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are all experts that give students advice at the end of each chapter. Oh, cool. Now, is there, this is a kind of a left turn and a question that I have. Sure. Do you have anything to kind of, to help college students as they enter the workforce to kind of keep their faith engaged? Because I think sometimes when they enter a full-time job, living paycheck to paycheck and getting out of college and learning how to work full time, we get a little overwhelmed with what's going on. And we become very task oriented and worldly in our, what happens part of what contributes to our mid half midlife career shift is, is we realize that we pursued that too hard for the first few years out of college. Do you talk about that any in your book? You know what, Mike? You just gave me a good word from the Lord that my third book is going to be how students can navigate being faithful when they're out in a secular marketplace. Yeah. And, and, And I already know what the opening is. And the opening is we need to love everyone. Yes. We We just need to start loving everyone. I think we have a heart issue across the United States. We, we have a very bad issue when it comes to Satan, and it's a hard issue that, that, that needs to be addressed. We just need to love everyone where they're at. We, we, we can't judge. Uh, we can't question. We just need to love people and leave the judgment to the Lord. 
Just leave the judgment to the Lord. But we've become so polarized as a society, Christians and non-Christians, that everyone just wants to push people in, in a certain direction. And I find when I just love people, um, they see Jesus in my eyes and through my actions. Exactly. Well, and if I can help you in any way, I, I the five daily activities that we talk about on the Marketplace Mission Trip are extremely practical and anybody can do them any day in any job. Sure. And I think as we teach people that loving them means that we pray for them and we look for ways to show appreciation and we serve them. And at the same time, we're able to explain our faith and our reasoning without being offensive or judgmental. Exactly. Because we're talking about ourselves and the way that we feel and what we believe. And if somebody asks me, hey, Mark, the whole world's falling apart. Why are you so excited and you're not afraid? I tell them, hey, I'm, I'm not afraid because I have eternity in Jesus. Exactly. And and I, I'm not telling them they have to believe it. That's up to them to explore. But I've explored and I've been convinced. Yes. And I, I, I'm a Jesus follower, so I can't be scared. I'm I'm not in the middle of the pandemic. Do I get sad? Yeah, there's certain things. Because selfishly, I like to travel. I like to go to restaurants. So from a selfish standpoint, yeah, there's some sadness. But yeah, I've been around the world. I've been to India and Haiti and Central America. We got it pretty good here in the United States, yeah. I would say. We we really do. Yeah. And well, and that's our that's our fifth daily activity is speak for yourself. Use I and me statements. That's our guideline for that. That's so, yeah. I'd love to talk with you offline about that. Sure. That, we I'm will. looking forward sure. to your third book because I think our Christian college students need it. Um, it's hard. It's hard, I think, to come out of a Christian school and try and make it in the business world. And we get absorbed in the making it in the business world and we forget some of our faith. And if there's a young person out there or a student that's listening to this, my, my prayer for you is that you find a mentor or a coach that you can partner with. You know, there's a lot of different organizations out there that will offer that. But plug into your church, plug into your family's Christian friends and find somebody to walk along the journey with you. I would have never been successful in my career had I not have, you know, very successful people around me, loving me, helping me, giving me some advice. And that's one of the sad things for a lot of younger people. They're not looking for people. At the same time, when you find somebody that's going to love and encourage you and help, just remember, they may fall down and they may disappoint you and they may make mistakes. Uh, don't get mad at all older people because the person forgot to call you back or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just give them some grace as well. No, I think that's a great point. And that's actually was going to be the next question I was going to ask you anyway. Any other kind of advice you'd give to anyone in the marketplace who's a Christ follower? You've, you've given us two great tips already. Love people and seek, seek out a mentor. Any others? Well, I think that's great for your, your individual contributors or the engineer that's going to work every day or the marketing director or the warehouse person. But for all you Christian business owners that are out there, I think that you need to understand you have a responsibility as a Christ follower that, believe it or not, you're a modern day disciple. You know, when Christ gave the message to the disciples, they went back to the workplace. Pastors don't like it when I say it, but Jesus didn't say quit your day jobs and build mega churches. He said, go out and tell the world. A lot of them went back to fishing to tell the world and back to making furniture and whatnot. So, you know, you're the modern day disciple. 
Obviously, now more than ever, the churches are closed. People are connecting maybe through Zoom to do churches, but maybe the only Christian face that some of your employees sees is your own. So we we have a responsibility to act accordingly. So if we're Christians in the marketplace and we own and run businesses, we need to make sure we set a good example. And a way to set a good example is to say, you know, sometimes I make mistakes and I want to own up to it. So as a Christian, I may make mistakes, but, you know, call me out on it. The other thing, too, is to have guidance for your employees, have a mission, a vision, values set goals and objectives, slowly put structure in. I'm working with an organization now that's uh, several million dollars. That could be like over $10 million, but they don't have that structure and employees are craving structure there at that organization. So, you know, don't be a hypocrite. Um, Be the modern day disciple. Share the goals and objectives, create a mission, vision, values, and then I guess the final step that you need to take is share the success with your employees. If you're making an incredible amount of money, bless your employees. They need the money. They need the cash. They need to pay off their mortgages. Don't give the money. And, and some nonprofits aren't going to like this, but I know some Christian business owners that will give a million dollars to a Christian college, but pay their employees minimum wage. I think we got it backwards. I, I think we need to do some incentives, get people producing, doing really well to bless the company, but bless them financially. They're, they're, they're really our target when it comes to ministry. You know, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I remember thinking that, um, and there was a book I read once that said, it was titled The Customer Comes Second. And I can't remember who wrote yeah. that, but it was about the, our kind of biblical mandate to take care of the people who are working for us. We do. We have a biblical mandate is right. Yeah. Our employees are to come, come first. They should. They they really should. And sadly, sometimes I run into it where, where I don't see that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think if you line it up properly, I I've spoken to many business people about that idea. And many of them tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about because the, customers pay the bills, but it's the customers that are uh, engaging with the employees and you have to line it up so that employee success means customer success. Exactly. And the business is sustainable. And, and I'm not advocating just throwing money out the window, but here, here's a good, good way to do it. I, I have a good friend of mine that has a great business. In fact, he's number one in his business category in a huge area of the United States. Mm-hmm. What I talked to him about is going to his employees and saying, what do you need? What would help you? What would bless you? And you know what they came up with this is, and he would have never came up with this. We need help with buying homes. We need help with a down payment. We don't have enough money. And a a lot of his um, employees are Hispanic. They're first and second generation. And they don't have a lot of money. They have no family money. So he's setting up systems with, Okay, I'll give you X amount of money. And then over a five year period, they have forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to put down on a home. He puts them through uh, Dave Ramsey's financial program so that they're working on a cash basis. And you know, it's a win win. He's gonna have employees for life, which is a blessing. He's gonna have people that buy a home that aren't gonna quit and move somewhere. They're they're vested in the community in which they live. 
And it wasn't his idea. It was employees' idea. So always mm-hmm. seek seek what, what your employees want. Just yeah, don't think cool. you're smart enough to, to come up with what it is. Very cool. Yeah, and I would say especially the best employees. Yes. Some of some there's always somebody who just wants to go home early. There is. But, <laughs> <laughs> and uh especially once they think that's all they can get. But um, sure. but yeah, I this has been a blast. I've enjoyed speaking with you. It's been a lot of fun. So I want you to reiterate how people can contact you, how they can connect with you. Um in his name HR. Sure. What's the website for that? In his name HR.com. Okay. And we'll have it down on the link below and in, in the description. And um, I mean honestly, human resources, Christianity, and Google were number one. We okay. just pop up. It's been a blessing. Search engine optimization the last couple of years. We get we get more calls by people Googling, looking for HR from a Christian perspective than any other ad we've ever ran. It's God's blessing. So yes, contact us. Like I said, we have clients all over the United States. We can, you know, one area that we didn't cover in depth is we save organizations on benefits as well. Uh, One organization, about 45 employees, we saved them 60,000 a year on their benefits. We don't sell benefits. We help find the best benefits. One super large organization, 1,500 missionaries, 150 corporate employees. We saved them over a million dollars of real money a year. Wow. And we have testimonies to, to, to substantiate that. Very cool. So I recommend that you, if you, if that's of interest to you, introduce yourself to Mark, reach out and connect with him. Links will be in the show notes. We'll even have his LinkedIn bio down there so you can connect with him that way as well. Mark, thank you so much for doing this. Thank, I'm thank you, Mike. I'm honored to be here. God bless any, everybody that's listening to this. Stay encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. And listeners, thank you for being a listener of the podcast. Please share this with your friends or pass this interview along to anyone you know that might want to meet Mark as well. Thank you very much. Hey, you've been listening to the Follower of One podcast. Follower of One is an online community of people who intentionally follow Jesus every day at work or wherever we are. Join us at community.followerofone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it in your various social media channels. Thanks for listening.